Welcome to drinks, everybody. This is part two of my conversation with Chacho Saldaña. So I will not waste any more time. Let's go. So, so earlier we were talking about uh, 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 that asphalt gypsies thing that I'm doing. It doesn't mean anything, man, because, I mean, it's just the beginning of a project, but it's, it's I told, uh, here's, here's the thing, like, there's this guy that I know, and he told me that his uh, father was going kind of senile and a little exhibiting some um, some features of uh, schizophrenia. Okay. He was saying that he uh, kept seeing, uh, he would say that the asphalt gypsies were near. And I always really liked those words, the asphalt gypsies. I just thought that, <laughs> first of all, gypsies in general, but just, just people, just the idea of, of, of experiences in the street. Huh. Everyone's different in the street. Everyone acts differently in the streets, you know? And uh, um, um, so uh, the first poem I wrote, um, was, I, I entitled it La Chacha. But Chacha. They call me Chacho, right? But right. La Chacha is more like Como La Muchacha, right? Instead of right. giving the girl a name, it was La Chacha. And it, it was something that really happened to me, just like, it was something that really, everything here is everything, some things that are really happening. Huh. This collection of poems. But okay. they're, uh, uh, um, they're all things that happen in the street. Okay. By the street, in the street. Uh, um, and what specific, like, it. not specific street, but what city are you talking about when you mean? In, well, this, in this case, it's in, in Piedra Negra, in Coahuila, and this really happened. It was a little story that happened in the, in, Afuera del capote, outside del capote. When we used to <laughs> okay, yeah, nightclub. But uh, um, it's a cool little experience, and I I wrote it down, and and you know I made it colorful, this as and try to feel as much as I could, and please it came out. But most of Let's these poems, it. they're they're actually I'm really enjoying writing these poems because they just they're just really coming out. Let's you know, do it. Then I have to put in the t the the touches, you know, like go in there and touch this and touch that and change uh, tenses and, and uh, add some little bit of uh, adjectives and things like Let's that. Let's do it. But this one called, uh, remember it's called, the collection is called, this is a, a glimpse <laughs> as, as what I'm working on. This has nothing to do with the book. Uh, okay, nothing to do with the book. This is something you wrote recently. Something I've just been writing the last couple of days. Okay. It's from Asphalt Gypsies, and it's called La Chacha. Poem number one. Her truck, listen, so it's a real experience. It's easy to follow, I think. Her truck was blocked in, and it was getting late. I was out on the fly, assembled some fellas, and on the dime, we did like a seance in La Calle Santa Elena. Eight of us, four on each hand, raced the Volkswagen Beetle right up off the street. We pushed it to the side like a wooden pallet. I, coordinating the event, she couldn't thank me enough for helping her not break curfew. Then we broke her curfew many times after that. Because, so, so I'll go back to that, right? Her truck was stuck and we, and we moved the fucking car out of the way. Do you want me to start again? Well, I'm, is the poem finished? No. Oh, look, can just continue. Just continue. Uh, well, I'm going to start again. I'm going to start from the beginning. I'm going to go. <laughs> Let's start. Look it. 
hey man, we're just hanging out. <laughs> La Chacha. It's called. Her truck right. was blocked. Her truck was blocked in, and it was getting late. I was on out on the fly, assembled some fellas out on the dime. We did a little seance in La Calle Santa Elena, eight of us, four on each end. We raised the Volkswagen Beetle right up off the street, pushed it to the side like a wooden pallet. I coordinated the event. She mm. couldn't thank me enough for helping her not break curfew. Then we broke her curfew many times after that. I remember pricking my finger, plucking a rose from a stranger's garden, staining her tiny knuckle with my blood. Hmm. Six months later, she was out with a golden bald, undeterred Napoleon type cholo, gung ho for girls out of his league. If the asphalt gypsies walking around in the two piece Brooks Brothers suit come a looking for a chunk of my time, I'll take the rocky slow ride atop the Iroquois turtles' shell. A stoop, all the way a stoop. That was that poem. That was poem number one. Pero wait, pero wait. Una vez, güey, hace cuánto que se salió la cara. No, 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 I, I loved the, the tiny knuckles. Yes. I loved the Brooke Brothers suit. It just conjured images. Yeah, and, and you know what, man? That really happened, man. One day, dude, I, I came out of a, a, of a place where we were all hanging out, at Del Capote and Piedra Neves, and the girl that I liked, she was in her car and she couldn't get out because there was this. She couldn't get out? Bomb. She couldn't get out. She couldn't get out of her parking spot. She couldn't get home. Why? Because it was stuck with the car that, that, that was like right against the bumper. That's what the whole poem's about. Like, so I was, I just happened to be there and I saw her and I hollered for a bunch of fellas and eight fellas came over and we all got an edge of the little buggy. And we picked it up like fucking Hercules. <laughs> we moved it out of the way, dude. And she got out and she went home. And shh. and that's why I say, you know, afterwards, I say, I say, uh, uh, I coordinated the event. She couldn't thank me enough for helping her not break curfew. Then we broke cur her curfew many times after that. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's true, man. Like, like, uh, it was cool. It was like a superpower event, man. Like, I was the coolest dude. I was like the font for like a little moment of my time, of my life, you and know? I, I, I think that that's what's cool about any type of art, about poetry, about painting, about uh, songwriting, is that you grab the, the viewer, the audience by the hand, and you take them there in a super surreal and beautiful kind of way where like, hey, audience, let me grab you, grab you by the hand and you're here in Piedras Negras, Coahuila, and you're here at afuera, uh, outside El Capote nightclub, and you're here and we're helping this girl and we're doing this. Yeah, but at the same time, but at the same time, it's like, uh, um it can happen to anyone. Like yeah. That's why I intentionally like not say that I'm there in Pedro Negras, Coahuila, whatever. It's like, it can happen to anyone, you know? Uh, uh, and the other thing that can happen to anyone is that because of that strange event that you, you think that you're in love 
And then some pinche vato cholo, the pinche Napoleon type looking motherfucker, that he has no fucking, like, you know, he thinks he's the best motherfucker ever. He pulls her from under your fucking feet. Boom. You know? And it's like, it's over. It's over. And then, and then this is what I said at the end of that poem, man, which is, which is what's cool. We were talking about, uh, about the, uh, the the allegories, you know, with 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 like knowing your your shit, like your literature, like at the end of that poem, I say I'll take the rocky slow right, I'll top the Iroquois tortoise's shell. Because see, the Iroquois and, and and some Native Americans they they believe that the world, like the part of the origin of of the world, starts atop the back of the shell of a tortoise. Huh. The carried everything on its shell, you know? Like, it's so, everything is so sensitive, man. Everything is so sensitive. So, so you've got to go back. You have to go back to, 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 like, to be present. That's what my poem is to me, you know? Like, I have to go back there to that instant. That instant, that, that thing that happened when I was uh, 17 years old. I have to go back there to, like, to relive, to, to, to make the world make sense to me, you know? Huh. Huh. Why? Am I talking shit? Why though? Like, why do you have to go back to the past to be present? Well, it's not, it's not that, well, because it's not that, okay, that's a great question. It's not because you have to go back, but it's because it's who you are. Isn't it who you are? Isn't, isn't, aren't the things that you are the mistakes that you made? Like it's, it's, it, it is, isn't it? Like all the all all your faults, all your scars, all your all your mistakes that you make. Everything's made you who you are. I remember, like, see, I read this Emerson poem, right? This it wasn't a it was. I, I don't know if it was Emerson's essay on uh, nature. I don't remember what Emerson uh, essay it was, but Ralph Waldo Emerson wrote this poem, this essay. Where he says this, he says this in this in this poem. I think it might be the one on nature or sensuality. I forget, man. Okay. I haven't read it from back. But this is what he says. This is what he says. He says that when Napoleon Bonaparte felt, you know, on top of a mountain, right? When he sees, you know, his army defeat hmm. the opposition, right? Right. What he felt on top of that mountain on his white fucking stallion or whatever the fuck. He's felt it before. I felt that too. He says, I felt that too. I'm not Napoleon. I don't have an army. I don't have an army, but I felt it too. too. Yes. Yes. Because he's not Napoleon, but he's another human being. And whatever (laughs) his accomplishments are, like whatever fucking, like let's say conquering a woman or winning a game or getting the job or whatever the fuck, right? Like you felt that shit. You don't have to be motherfucking Napoleon to feel that shit, especially Napoleon being so fucking narcissistic and fucking grandiose. You know? Uh, like, like, I don't know. I'm talking shit. No, yeah. No, no, no. Like, like uh, it, uh, the reason that it, it befuddles me that I, I just can't go anywhere with that. Jesus. I mean, seriously, like we can all identify with Napoleon. Like there's a whole complex behind 
No, no, no. But when, I'm not saying we can identify with Napoleon. That that's 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 not not the point to me. My point is that your experiences, at, your successes as a you, you Ricky Mendoza as a as a you know as a, the whatever photographer, filmographer, artist, songwriter, whatever, whatever you do, your successes are going to give you a uh, a good, soothing, comfortable. Maybe euphoric feeling in your in your gut, right? Why? Because because that's that's your body, that's your soul, that's your case, right? Well, like, but and 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 mine, me winning my football game, right? With catching the game winning touchdown, that might be the greatest feeling I've ever felt in my life, and I'm always going to compare the grandest thing to that, or or you to whatever yours was. Hmm. You know? That's what Emerson's saying, right? And but we have to go back to what we were saying. I don't know why I brought up Emerson. Uh, it's just the idea of like experiencing, right? Like uh, living hard. And uh, am I talking shit? No, no, no. You're not talking <laughs> shit. You were talking about the the experience of a poet and transferring <laughs> that to another person, like just like like some other person was talking about Napoleon and them. Uh, you know, Napoleon seeing. Good job, Ricky. I'm proud of you. Seeing that and feeling that success. And just because he felt that success, he's transferring that upon anybody, the reader, the audience. And even though you've never <laughs> had an army, <laughs> But you felt that. You felt what Napoleon felt. And that's because, what yeah, because you're you. Because I can't be him. I'm, I'm me, right? And just like uh, Stephen King, which my favorite book is on writing. Yeah, man, that's a great book. I read it too. A friend, uh, Danny recommended it to me. He said, dude, it's amazing. And I loved it, dude. I just went through it. You should see my book, man. It's all note-takings, all that shit. No, and, and what I liked is that I loved the way that your friend oh yeah yeah the intro the introduction yeah that Dennis was really nice right melones a la madre sorry Dennis, uh, I, I wrote the introduction to his book oh that's beautiful man you're gonna let me read one more poem before we finish tonight right? of course man please please do please not yet, not yet. so so yeah man so let me tell you something about about dennis okay uh, um, well, do you mind if I read the introduction? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Introduction okay. to the Before book. I tell you something about him? Chacho Saldana's book. This is his book called The Song of Depraved Sensuality. And I think this is your first book, right? Yes, sir. So, but Chacho, he, how old are you right now? 42. Okay, he's 42, and but he's been writing since he... He's been 14 years old, all right? I don't, I'm not an expert at math. I'm just a poet and a musician. I don't know what math is, but that is a lot of years. And, and this is my first book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hang on. I wow, I never thought about it that way, bro. Thanks for saying it that way. Well, hang on. I know I'm a poet. I'm not a total idiot. 
So 14 minus 42 is 38. Oh, hang on. No, my bad. Okay, 28. <laughs> All right. So 28 years that you've been writing. All right. Let that sink A in. A lot of songs. A lot of songs. You've been writing for 28 years. All right. So you finally, finally compile your writings into one book. And in the introduction, your friend Dennis, Danny, uh, writes this short introduction, but it's a really powerful introduction that says, it starts, introduction. <laughs> Old and loneliness can kill you. Old is no country to retreat in. You're already done for. Accept the cycles. You've been hassled by gypsies and beehives alike. Chin up. Approach the podium as usual. Let's see if your easy knowledge, these depravity scraps, will fall right into your laps. Cabron, take this sheet of paper like a leper, like a street sweeper, like a dirty home of writing with a dirty tuxedo on. Tuxedo, nevertheless. Tap, tap, tap. Your, show, your shoes. I keep seeing gems from this author, which is you. <laughs> Nothing like I expected here in this collection. Taj Mahal-sized dedications came out. This collection shows the writer at a stage where he is confidently looking down both portals, portals of experience and future. This collection embraces the writer's tigers of fury and the hippopotamy of pity. The writer has a notion of youth, ancestry, balance, and inhaling a woman few others have. When we were kids, he painted... Few others have. <laughs> when we were kids, he painted an egg on a canvas and accentuated the yolk's features. He held it up to me, all poster size and cockadoodle did. Hang on. Hang on. The writer in this collection digs hard for it. 30 plus years of you, man, digging into all forms of art, always into something new and letting the old age well in his art. The writer is showing you Yolk. Signed, your ever non-blinking friend, Dennis Malonis. That's beautiful, yeah, that's great, man. That's a great fucking... I love that, man. No, 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 and seriously, well, um... Share with us, please, after that amazing introduction, share with us a poem from the book or from wherever. Share. Here, listen, man. Let me tell you something. Um, there's only two people. Three. Because actually, Bossy, you, and him, man, they're the three people... <laughs> 
Bossy said it one time, and I told you this before. He said it one time, and I never forgot. He said, I love to hang out by the fire and just philosophize. Hmm. Just philosophize. Just, just talk shit, man. Like, there's nothing wrong with doing that at the end of the day, man. Like, like letting it all go by and just make sense of it all and just hang out. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is what we're doing. Like, like uh, no, no prejudices, nothing. Just, just be in the present and appreciate. Yeah, man, for sure, man. I mean, isn't that what, what happens when good friends get together? Like when good friends get together, they, they, they're, there's always like, you know, that little, the little uh, light bulb that comes up on the child and those diagrams in like in, in pictures of like a classroom. Yeah. Yeah. That happens all the time when you're hanging out with good friends, man. Like, uh, um, I tell my girl, I'm not, I'm not a, I am very friendly. All right. I'm always very friendly. Super friendly. Right. Super friendly. But I, I like my company. See, I like my company. Your friends. I like my company and, or I like the company of, of people that I can talk to, man, that I can talk to and hang out and talk about things that like sometimes man like you know like uh um like i remember i watched uh uh breaking bat you told me to watch breaking bat and once i watched it like it just fucking blew my mind right and then we could talk about it but before that you were watching it and i wasn't watching it and it was like fuck like i can't talk about it you know right talk about it. but then once i watch it i can talk about it. but you see it's that's not regular tv that's like fucking some crazy shit that fucks with your head kind of experience, you know? It's poetry, man. I mean, I mean, to get out of to get out of uh, situations like that, it's almost like a, it's almost like a, uh, uh, the the like fucking uh, what's the name of not expect to get you. What was I gonna say? They're like Holmes bullshit. It's yeah. like this book, Sherlock Holmes bullshit. You're like, how is this gonna get better? And it always just always gets better. Exactly. So, so here's my thing. Well, when I when when I think when I find things that I love, I want to share them with others. But uh, but I can't always find people to share them with. You know, because the things that I love are not things that not everyone necessarily loves, you know? Huh. Well, there's two things that I have to say about that. One is that Breaking Bad is a fucking badass TV show. Amen. But but apart from that, it doesn't have to be a TV show. It can be an ice cream. That's what I was saying. It can be an ice cream cone that I enjoyed. Fuck yes. And I tell you, Chacho. It can be anything. And it can be an ice cream cone. And I can tell you, Chacho, I had this ice cream cone at so-and-so's place in San Antonio, Texas. Well, I ain't sh- but I ain't sharing an ice cream cone with you, bro. We ain't licking off the <laughs> But in, in kind of we are. I mean, because you, you, may be, you may go to that place and have an ice cream cone from that place and say, wow. That's fucking badass. That was amazing. I went out of my body and enjoyed it so much that I reached duendeism. 
Duende. Mi... Sí, güey, pero mira, go back to Duende, güey. Mira, güey. Uh, a veces, man, sometimes you know how, like, you know, when we were kids, man, like, we used to, uh, I used to behave all week, right? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay. All day Saturday, so I can stay up late on Saturday and watch Headbangers Ball, right? Ah, Ricky Rack. So I would watch, and so I would watch Headbangers Ball with a VHS tape, and so record all the fucking badass videos, and if someone sucked, you know, I'd rewind it, start it right there. With, <laughs> Thing. It was a ritual, man. It was a ritual, you know. I, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? No, we're talking about shared experiences, and I think that, like anything that you, like anything that you feel as a human being, you like. I was talking about this with my kid today. My son, Ricky, we were talking about Into the Wild, the beautiful movie directed by Sean Penn um, that relates to the story. It? Huh? Sean Penn directed it? Fuck yes. And it relates the story of uh, Mr. I forget. Yeah, we know the story. We know Super the story. Cat, right? Your audience knows the story. <laughs> well, To those that maybe not know the story, it's about this kid. He is against society, and he wants to go into the wild, into nature, and live by himself in Alaska. And he, we, we see this journey from his parents to all the way to Alaska to this magic bus, right? And his parents, um, which is William Hurt, played beautifully by William Hurt and he's saying son he's he's like this typical Republican guy and he's like son you're doing the wrong thing and he's always criticizing th him and Supertramp um, which is played poorly by Will uh, by Emil Hirsch are you giving me the whole plot no 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 but hang on well yeah spoiler alert <laughs> Um, so you don't have to give it a while to pause this, watch it, and then come back to this. And then, <laughs> then Super Tramp goes into the wild. Goes into the thing, dies, and at the end of the thing, and again, spoiler fucking alert. <laughs> Do not listen to this until you've seen watch and experience the movie at the end he just puts after all the shit that happens he just puts everything is better when shared i'm paraphrasing this is not what what he actually said but what i got from that the final message is everything is better when shared and he goes back to his memories of vince vaughn Telling them, well, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Society and all this shit. Everybody's cool with you. Everybody's kind with you. What are you talking about? Everybody's cool. And he does remember that. And he appreciates that. But he's stuck. And he dies. <laughs> yeah, but he's stuck in his head because everything is better when it's shared. It is. And that's the whole point. And that's what's cool. And that's what's cool about this podcast. That's what's cool about you. 
that you are someone that actually shares what you think, what you I'm only sharing because you're asking me to, bro. But, you, but it makes me happy that you're letting me share here. Of course, man. I want to share. I don't have anyone to share with. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. And that's what's cool, man. You mentioned that we were lucky to have these beautiful persons that are partners with us that decide and choose to spend life next to us and to live our experiences and we choose to live with their experiences as well. And I think that's super beautiful, super beautiful in the way that, that, that your girl Brooke shares her world with you and the way that my beautiful, gorgeous, beautiful wife Lala chooses to live her life and her world and share it with me. And that's why choosing that person as your partner in life is one of the most important decisions of your life. And with that, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. You're ranting, dude. You just want to get laid, dude. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the next room and you just try to get late. You're like, you're like, after the after the thing, you're gonna be like, oh, oh, baby, you said three things about me. Come over here. Come over here, baby. No, no, I'm gonna break into the room. It's Kool-Aid, man. <laughs> no way. No way. All those things they they're shown through 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 actions, man. Actions, consistency, consistency. Huh. You're a good guy. You know you love your girl or whoever you love. You're consistent. People see it. You know. Hmm. Whether it's woman or a uh, uh, father or mother, they see who you are throughout the years, and when you're consistent and you're reliable. That's pretty cool. When you're not reliable, that's when people worry, you know? But sometimes that unreliable guy is, is the one that's just living it up. <laughs> but at the same I time, know. living it up. You know, I mean, that's what we're talking about, you know? Like, um, I purposely, uh, I stay home, you know, sometimes, you know, like uh, I do uh, open mics. In San Antonio, and I and I go to uh, certain places. There's a place I go go called the the Lonesome Rose. Huh. Like I and I go and I do uh, like it's a song circle, and we play. And uh, it's cool. Beautiful. But I but I go and I you know I I, I try to take it easy because uh, I'm already um, like prone to just I want to have a good time, man. Hmm. And um, um, I, but my idea of a good time is different 
I'm like, I'm completely comfortable here. But once I go out, yeah, I want to hang out and talk and shoot the shit and show my chops, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know. And once I once start playing one, I want to play the next one, you know? Oh, yeah, man. It's like the same thing with right now. You know, we start talking, talk a little, and then we start talking more. And I'm like, oh, shit, we're just talking. So I just want to show my chops. It's just normal. I think, uh, um, I don't think for me it's normal with anyone because I don't share my stuff with anyone, but I think it's cool that you're asking me to show it with you because I, I'm really comfortable with you. Well, so, I think that, well, that I don't feel what, judged or anything. You know? I think that, that all that um, I put, sorry, man, but then I put it in your hands. <laughs> like I put, no, seriously. Like I, like I, uh, um, let's say like, like, like Brooke, she was planting some uh, tomatoes. Right. And, uh, uh, she put them there and, and they're growing, but she has to put them in another uh, uh, bowl, basket, vase, whatever you call it. Right. And that's you. Like, like uh, if, if she asked me to do it, I would try my delicate self to do that so I wouldn't ruin those tomatoes. Yeah, but I think it all comes back with you. I feel like you would do that with me. Like you wouldn't ruin my tomatoes, you know, hmm. you take care of my tomatoes. <laughs> I think it all comes back to Neil deGrasse Tyson and his passion. I don't half of well, the- that is so awesome. Is he so awesome, man? Like, I just want to hang out with that dude. I just want to drink some Valentine's and just shoot the shit with him all night. And but sometimes we hung out with him. We would, and, and we hung out with him, and his wife would let him hang. <laughs> you know, like his the wife is the one that's gonna tell you you gotta come in at four in the morning, <laughs> four in the morning tops. Four in the morning tops is what she's gonna say. But if, if like if the wife said, "Dude, you're hanging out with Chacho and Ricky, and they're like <laughs> sweetest, nicest, coolest dudes," they pose no threats. You can hang out with them till six in the morning. Absolutely. The time of our life, hanging and, out with Neil deGrasse Tyson, man. And not only that. Like, I would learn so much. I'd be like, uh, dip, dip, dip. <laughs> and not only that, like, you, I, sometimes I don't even know what he's talking about. But he it says, doesn't matter. But, but he says it with so much passion, and he yeah. cares so much about you, the listener, and you about the person he's having a conversation with, you know, because, with, because and, every like, question, wow, because Ricky, every question you have to think about in regards to your like inner fantasy, like he has answers, like, like Neil deGrasse Tyson, he, he has, I wouldn't say that they're mathematical because I don't think he's all no. mathematical. I think the guy leaves room for, for wander, for wander. Yeah. You know? But, but uh, I think the guy is like, like, uh, like he has answers, man. And I think that's what's so cool, man. Like, uh, uh, I like to know shit. I like to know stuff. I like to be, the, I remember my dad, I, when I was growing up and my dad used to, my dad was a, a chemical fatubolo, okay. and it was all working with blood and shit like that. Y me acuerdo que platicaba con doctores y la chingada, sí. You remember that one? That uh, he talked he with doctors? Talked to, yeah. 
he would talk to doc, doctors, and, and I didn't understand. Like, I didn't understand what the language was. Hmm. But when you get into the language, like when you get into uh, uh, everyone's lingo, then you get it, you know? Hmm. It was maybe it was the wrong uh, comparison, but but yeah, whatever. No degree test is a shit. And well, anyway, I mean the the whole point of it is and that he's very down to earth. Well, no, not only down to earth, but the passion that he had that he has for that subject, which is astronomy, is just like unfucking believable. And the way that you describe your poetry, the way that you describe words, the way that, des- that you describe your art is really infectious. It's viral. It's really cool to see. Well, I would hope so, man. You know, let me tell you something real quick, okay? Uh, uh, when you said about viral and infectious, um, <laughs> Um, there's I, I'm gonna sound really stupid, and I don't want to sound um, no insulting, mm-hmm. but 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 there's a there's a poet there's a poet who a lot of women and, and a lot of people nowadays follow. I don't even know her name to be honest with you, but her books are really pretty, and uh, and 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 the words are really pretty, and 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 the the presentation of the books are beautiful. Okay. And I've tried to read some of them. And uh, uh, who's the author? Uh, my point is, they are what they are. They're what they are. But um, but they're not what they need to be. Like they. I think it's cool. Like I have like a, uh, I have like a very conflicting uh, point of view about about the poetry because I think it's not great. I think it's, I think it's. Uh, okay. Not. I, 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 you don't relate to it. Time, but at the same time, but hang, uh, hang on for a sec. Like, but at the same time, it's bringing attention to poetry. Hmm. See. And so, um, I don't know. I'm talking shit, man. All I'm saying is the presentation is very important because the, the I've read some of these poems and hmm. the presentation is very important. Like, it's in front of me and it looks beautiful. Like, uh, to the point where I want to read it, you know? And then I read it and then it's like, oh, like, it's, it's cool, you know? Well, I mean, I think about it. It doesn't doesn't reach me. It doesn't reach me. But, but the present, but the presentation gets me to reach me. Does it make sense? Yes, it does. And this is the way I make sense of that. Looks beautiful, bro. Absolutely. And, And this is where it makes sense to me. To me, food is very visual. Yes. Good point. And great, great comparison. When they present a plate of food, just by looking at it, you have not tasted it at all. It can taste like total and utter shit. But just by looking at it, it looks magnificent. The colors, the textures, everything. You're like, wow, that looks 
really good. And then, of course, you taste it. You see the oregano and you taste the oregano and you smell it. Yeah, that was a great comparison. That's awesome, dude. Oh, yeah. And so I think that that's where it compares, at least in my experience. Like, fuck yes. Like, like yeah, like you want to see something and you present something as if, like, for example, I think that Nick Cave is a good example or Johnny Cash is a good example where what you see, this man in black and his demeanor and his poetry and his words attack you. Whereas you would see Pee Wee Herman and the words of Johnny Cash and you would like, what? Like, I don't, like it makes a clash. It, it can work, of course, <laughs> but... Yeah, but what's the comparison? I missed the comparison. No, no, no. In, in the context is, is that even though, let's say you see Nick Cave or Johnny Cash on stage without them seeing any words and you don't know any song of them or any poems from them and you just see them, the man in black, you already have an expectation of what their poetry will be about. And you, what I'm trying to say is that the visual aspects are as, not as much, but very important as to put the context of what they're trying to say. I mean, it is, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so, I mean, uh, yeah, especially for guys like that. Especially for guys like that, because because uh, um, um, you know what, man, that's a badass thing that we go into the circle because it goes back to that question you asked about. You asked me a question earlier about uh, 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 about rock and roll and, and and about words and what was more important, whether it was the words or the music. Well, when it comes to guys like that, it's intertwined. It's it's not one or the other. It's a persona. You know, like uh, uh, Nick Cave has a persona. Yeah, but do you think that the persona is actually them? Of course it's them. Of course it's them. So but, I don't think it's a persona. It's them. Yeah, but it, but it's but it's still a persona. Like it's it's a, a character. It's, they choose. it's it's their voice. It's like the at it's the end voice. of Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but just it's their voice. It's are, voice. Just, because, just like yeah, but, uh, but, uh, okay, yeah, but here here's my point. Uh, Nick Cave is, is not going to write a children's book right now. And he's not going to write a children's book about something too sensitive because, uh, and if it is, it's going to be substantial and it's going to be uh, metaphorical and, they, and it's going to have a lot of colors and a lot of sights. And it's going to be, if, if he did that, hmm. but, but that's, but the persona is that they, that, that's why Johnny Cash and Nick Cave, they choose when they do do covers they do covers that accentuate who they are all right and that was part two of my chat with chacho saldana part three is coming up next in the next uh podcast and just want to remind everybody that uh all the show notes and everything else available uh, including music links and everything that you need to know about my world uh, is at rickymendoza.org 
and the drinks podcast uh, website is at rickymendoza.org slash drinks.